Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the 302nd episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with Hannah Howard, author of the debut novel Ignite the Sun. And stay tuned for after the interview when I have a short excerpt of Hannah Howard reading from her novel Ignite the Sun. Well, welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Hannah Howard author of the young adult fantasy novel, Ignite the Sun. Hannah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great. Well, if someone listening hasn't heard about Ignite the Sun yet, how would you describe the novel? Uh, Well, it's young adult fantasy, uh, and it's written kind of in um, a traditional vein. Um, So we have a journey and um, some some personal growth uh, that has to happen. Um, But the basic premise is that um, my main character uh, has grown up without ever having seen the sun. She lives in a world that's been um, cursed to darkness. Um, and uh, in the the beginning chunk of the novel, this isn't giving really anything too big away, um, she discovers that she actually has a connection to the long lost sun. Um, and it, it gives her the power to potentially bring back the sun and banish the darkness. So um, the book is her journey um, toward doing that. So is this the beginning of a series or is it a standalone? It is a standalone. Um, uh, it, it doesn't, it ends with good closure, um, but with, you know, a, a window open if, if the story ever um, needed to go on or if, if more in the world um, were to happen, that's definitely a possibility. Um, but as of yet, there's no plans for, for more books. Sure. Do you remember the original idea that led you to write Ignite the Sun? It was, you know, it was kind of a combination of things that that built up um, over uh, the course of a few months, probably. Um, <clears throat> so um, when I started writing the book, um, I was dealing with my first ever experience with anxiety and um, depression and specifically in a seasonal defective order 
excuse me, seasonal, um, what's that word? I've lost it. Seasonal affective disorder. Affective disorder. I was getting the D and the A mixed up. <laughs> excuse me. I have Not postpartum brain. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, I, I had never experienced anything like that before. And because there was some, um, sort of darkness association with that, um, that was one of the sparks that started, uh, the, the larger premise of the book. Um, but the, the smaller ideas, um, uh, such as, um, for example, my main character is, is something called a sun child, um, that, uh, Often, often uh, in those days, ideas would come to me um, while I was walking my dog. Um, I was single at the time, and I lived in an apartment with a fairly large dog. And so uh, multiple walks a day were necessary. Um, And if you need ideas, I would always recommend going for walks um, because they they spark them, I think, uh, getting that blood flowing up to your brain. Um, So... um, I, there was one day in particular I remember where um, on the trail that we walked, um, there was uh, there were quite a few trees, and it was a sunny day. Um, this was kind of back before all of the seasonal affective disorder stuff started, um, and I noticed um, that there were you know stripes of sunlight and stripes of shade all across the path, which is a pretty normal thing. Um, but I started to wonder what would happen if when you walked into the sunlight, um, it drew you up and, and caused you to fly or to leave the ground. Um, but it only could happen in the sunlight. Um, and so that was one of the sparks. Um, another one, uh, was, uh, I worked at a, a plant nursery at that time. Um, and I remember, um, <laughs> a mother and child walking by and I thought I heard the, the, the boy ask something about the darkness and I heard it with a capital D, um, and so I started to wonder, well, what would that be? What, what is, you know, what would a, a capital darkness be like? Um, and so then the two kind of um, ideas uh, and some others ended up melding together and um, sparked this particular idea. And was this the first novel that you had written? No, um, I... It was maybe the first novel that was worth reading that I had written. Um, But uh, I started writing books um, actually in high school. Um, I uh, wrote in notebooks, uh, sadly, uh, during class a lot of the time um, because it was just great fun. Um, And when I I went to college uh, with the idea of becoming a writer, um, so I studied English and creative writing um, and then wrote another four books, I think, before this one. Um, but this is the first one that uh, I think <laughs> needed uh, or or not needed, but but was perhaps worth uh, reading. So. And so what are your earliest memories of reading and books? Yeah, great question. Um, I, as a child didn't like to read books about people. Uh, I was, I think you could fairly say that I was obsessed with dogs, um, which, you know, a lot of children have specific obsessions. Um, and, uh, I really, I thought that people books were really boring. And so until I was probably in probably late elementary school or, or maybe no, probably not into middle school. Um, most of what I read were dog books or horse books, um, and I could, I could stomach some people if they were at least, uh, you know, inter interacting with, with an animal that was also a main character. 
Um, so that was kind of my, my early reading life. Um, I eventually started to make room for, for people in my reading. Um, but we, we went to the library a lot when I was a kid. Um, I remember doing their, uh, summer reading program every year. Um, and I have a few sort of memories of, um, the library closest to our house and, and I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we have a really good library system. Um, but the, the actual location that was closest to where we lived was kind of a small one. Um, and I remember going through their young adult section um, and feeling a little bit like Beauty and the Beast uh, when Belle comes into the shop and says, have you got anything new? Not since yesterday. Um, you know, wondering why uh, everything was still exactly the same as I had left it, you know, the last time and, and wishing for maybe a broader selection. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we loved to read growing up. Um, we never had cable or anything like that. And so my brothers and I did a lot of reading and a lot of um, outside play. So. so so you mentioned earlier about writing Ignite the Sun. What was the path to publication after you wrote the novel? Yeah, it was it was rather long, um, almost 10 years, actually, since, since I first drafted um, the very first version of the book. Um, I, uh, with a previous novel, had had some um, good luck uh, with, with agent interest. Um, and uh, if, if, uh, if you're not familiar with the publication process, it generally starts with getting a literary agent. Um, and that, uh, can be really quite harrowing. Um, there's, you know, uh, kind of the joke is that, uh, you, you will accumulate enough rejections in your attempt to get an agent to paper your, your bedroom. Um, of course, now that's all digital, um, so you'd have to print them out to paper your bedroom. But um, uh, I had some some contacts that um, I had um, made, and and um, uh, through the process with the, the the last book, they had said they would love to see anything that I would write in the future. Um, so uh, because though I took quite a long time um, to um, get back with some of them, um, in writing this next book, um, my contacts dwindled. Um, so I went through several rounds of edits, um, and, uh, in every kind of comeback and every kind of return to, uh, querying those agents, um, they sort of dwindled further and further. So I eventually reached a point where I felt like the book was really in a good place. Um, had had feedback from, from beta readers and from some of these agents. Um, and by that point, excuse me, um, realized that I needed to start over with my agent hunt. Um, and so that led to about a year long process of looking for an agent. Um, and I eventually signed with, uh, my rockstar agent, Jenny Bent. Um, <clears throat> and then, um, we started working together on revising the novel, um, she's a pretty editorial agent, and I know not all of them are. Um, I'm grateful for that, though, because uh, she she was just wonderful in helping me to, uh, I would say, make the book more itself. Um, uh, and it, it always helps to have an agent who really has the same vision as you do for your book. Um, so we worked together um, for, uh, I bet it took six months for, um, those, that initial round of edits to come in. Um, and, uh, shortly after that happened, um, I got to work on them. Um, 
my my dad actually died of cancer. Um, it was a long, long battle uh, with cancer. So um, the the following months and really the following year um, was a slow process for me um, to get really invested in those edits. Um, so um, strangely, I had quite a lot of uh, life events. Um, I got married and in between signing with my agent and, um, and public publication. So, um, (laughs) big life events that kind of slowed down that process, I think that wouldn't have happened otherwise. Um, uh, so most people don't have quite such a long, uh, lag, I would say between getting an agent and selling their book. Um, but, uh, the process was a lot of, a lot of revisions. Um, and some of them were, uh, mind bending. Um, but I think really strengthened the book in the end. Great. Well, you mentioned earlier writing in notebooks in high school. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, did you write out start, did you start out writing short stories or did you jump straight into writing novels at that point? I did jump straight in. Um, one of my problems is that I'm fairly long winded on the page. Um, and I think that's probably always been true. Um, I, I favor the sort of narrative length of a novel rather than a short story. Um, <clears throat> and so in high school, I was pretty obsessed with Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. Um, and <laughs> that's long too. Um, so I think, I, I think it's until college, it never even really occurred to me to read short stories or excuse me, to write them. Um, so, um, I had, uh, multiple, uh, spiral notebooks that I just filled out, uh, in, in, pencil, actually. I don't know why I wrote in pencil because it smudges so easily, but um, yeah, always had a lot of words. <laughs> well, as you, as you mentioned earlier, you'd written several novels before your novel Ignite the Sun and eventually getting Ignite the Sun published. I'm curious, as you were working on those earlier novels and even those different drafts of Ignite the Sun, were there any specific writing challenges that you had to overcome or figure out whether it be characterization, plotting, dialogue, setting, et cetera? Yeah. Um, I do think just so much of learning to write happens, at least for me, it's happened on the page. Um, I think, you know, you can read craft books and maybe for some people that uh, sticks. Um, I, I tend to find most of my learning has to happen by making mistakes. And so, um, yeah, I think writing terrible novels has been, I guess, the way that I've learned to improve. Um, <clears throat> I, I think some of the steepest learning curves happened after I signed with, with my agent. Um, and a lot of those had to do with um, uh, sort of tightening things up, I suppose. Uh, I mentioned being wordy. Um, and some kind, sometimes that was just literally getting the word count down. Um, but other times it was, you know, is this character necessary? What do they contribute to, um, uh, your main character's, uh, development to her arc, to the, the overall story? Can you accomplish, um, these same things with fewer characters? Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes that was, uh, events in the plot, um, you know, does this, is this already accomplished elsewhere? Can you, can you, you know, condense? Um, so something about YA, uh, that is, I think different from adult fiction is that, um, you really, 
you really need tight uh, structuring in young adult lit. And I think that's because uh, younger readers, um, they, <laughs> they're, they're um, harder to satisfy in some ways. Um, they don't have the same kind of indulgence. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply that adults do you know I think we we are willing um, to to slog sometimes we're willing to to read through um, maybe not unnecessary plot but um, certainly uh, less compelling things um, because we know that the the greater reward of of the novel will be um, worth it uh, and I think teenagers, especially because they've got so much else that they could be doing and are doing, um, they need a tight plot if they're going to stick with it. And so, um, yeah, that's been, I think that's been the hardest for me to learn. Um, if, if you're a Tolkien fan, you <laughs> probably appreciate the long winded stuff. Um, so yeah. And, and how did, how did you learn that? Was it a process of, of just basically, um, looking at the plot and pairing it mm. back or just mm-hmm. thinking about every scene and how it how it contributes to the um, narrative drive or the plot? Yeah, I think a bit of both. You know, reading too. I, I always tell people that the best way to learn to write is to read. Um, the more you read, the more you see how things are done. Um, so um, I, you know, as, as an English major, had a lot of classical education. Um, but since college, um, the bulk of my reading has been young adult fiction. Um, and, and I think reading so much of it has helped me to see what people do well. I remember a real kind of, um, watershed moment for me was reading, uh, the hunger Games series and realizing that Suzanne Collins ends every chapter on a cliffhanger very deliberately. Um, and, and not just she invents cliffhangers, but she really does end chapters in the middle of scenes. Um, because, uh, you know, when you do that, you're, you're ending in tension and you're kind of compelling the reader forward. And so every lag, or I would say breather, not even lag in in the hunger games happens in the middle of a chapter, um, never at the end of one. Um, so I think reading, I think 
getting feedback. Um, you know, as I mentioned, my, my agent was really helpful for me to see the places that things could have been tighter. Um, and then, um, I would say, uh, you know, reading some craft books has helped as well. Um, sure. even it's not a, it's not a writing craft book, but I highly recommend, um, save the cat by Blake Snyder. Um, it's actually about screenwriting, not about novel writing, but, um, yeah. So, um, you just mentioned feedback from your agent. I'm curious, did you show any of those early novels or uh, your first draft of, uh, ignite the sun to Mm. anyone else? Or did you ever work with any critique groups? Yeah. Um, actually the first draft, uh, or maybe the second, I don't know if I would have been that crazy. Um, but very early on, um, in, in my drafting, I decided this is crazy and I don't recommend it at all. Um, but I, I thought, uh, the more feedback, the better. And so, um, I was at the time I was kind of a member of this, um, online writing blogging community. And I think I, I think I must've written a blog post that opened up, um, beta reading critiquing to anybody who wanted to do it, um, which is genuinely a really silly thing to do because early on you really need um, less critique from people that you really trust and whose, I I would say whose vision is the same as yours um, in terms of, uh, you know, broad, broad brush vision. Um, So I had, (laughs) I had a lot of uh, feedback on, a really early draft that I would say was more harm harmful than helpful um, <laughs> because often it was from people I didn't know and who like didn't necessarily like what I was doing, um, which is fine. That's always going to happen. There will always sure. be people who don't like what you've written, um, but they're not necessarily the people you need reading your first or second draft and giving you that really important feedback. So. Sure. Yeah. Well, in addition to writing, you have a crafting business on Etsy. Can you tell me yeah. about that? Yeah. Um, I, I started that kind of by accident. Um, uh, my, my father was, um, also a self-employed artist and, um, he painted ceramic tile. Um, and at some point he bought these, um, uh, Porcelain 150 PBO is the brand, um, but they're ceramic paint pens uh, that heat set at at like 350 Fahrenheit, so you can bake them in your oven. Um, and he sort of had the idea that because um, everything he did was was kiln fired, um, and he thought, well, I can take these to to craft shows and personalize things for people on the spot, and they can go home and you know bake it themselves. Well, he ended up not liking them, and he had bought you know maybe ten. Um, and since I was kind of always have been a little bit artsy. Um, and, uh, I think was, was in probably some art classes in college at the time he gave them to me and said, you know, do you want these? Would, would, would they be of interest to you? And I said, sure. Brought him back to school with me. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, ended up painting, um, uh, uh, some, some quotes, some literary quotes on some coffee cups for myself to inspire me while I wrote. Um, and, uh, ended up giving them as gifts. Um, and eventually what happened was, you know, my dad said, well, paint some and I'll take them to a show. And then I had a friend who said, these are really cool. You should sell them on this new, this new website called Etsy. <laughs> um, and I, I was like, no, that's crazy. Nobody's going to buy this stuff. Um, but eventually I caved and, um, it was really filling a niche at the time. Um, and I continued to do that painting literary quotes and eventually a design with them. Um, 
And nobody else was really doing that at the time on Etsy. Um, and it really kind of, you know, uh, drew the nerds that, that were so like me, um, who wanted to read book quotes on their cups before they went to face the day. So, uh, I've been doing that for 10 years this December. Um, and it's, it's just been such a joy. Um, I love and where can people find that Etsy store if they're interested? Uh-huh. It's a long name. I didn't think <laughs> this through when I picked it. Um, Ophelia's Gypsy Caravan, um, O-P-H-E-L-I-A-S, no apostrophe because it's a, uh, you know, website, uh, Gypsy, G-Y-P-S-Y Caravan, um, and dot Etsy.com. Um, <clears throat> so Ophelia was my dog uh, for, for many years. So she had a shop name for her. So what writing advice would you offer for listeners who are writing their own stories and novels? Yeah. Yeah. Persevere. Uh, I think that's the most important one. Um, Especially if you're, if you're writing for publication, it's just really hard for a while. Um, Breaking into the industry is really hard Um, and not because you're bad at it, but because it just takes time. Um, and it takes, you know, catching that right person who's interested in your exact book at that exact moment. Um, and I think it's really easy to get discouraged and to think, um, you know, I've had a hundred rejections, uh, which is not, a uh, an unusual number. Um, and to think like, that means I'm bad, um, which is not true. Uh, and even if you are bad, you don't have to stay bad. Um, you know, we all get better as we, uh, as we practice and as we, um, try to, try to implement feedback. Um, and I do think you just got to keep at it. Um, and eventually you'll find the right person who likes your book and wants to, wants to take it forward with you. So persevere. What novels or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed? Uh, novels or nonfiction? Um, let's see. <clears throat> I just uh, finished reading I'm Not Dying With You Tonight um, by um, Gilly Siegel and Kim. Oh, what's her last name? Uh, Jones, Kimberly Jones. <clears throat> and uh, it's, it's especially if you're looking um, to read uh, anything about, um, race relations right now. Um, it's so good. It's so compelling. Um, I also have a friend, uh, Joanna Ruth Meyer has a new book coming out in, um, January. Uh, and, um, it's called into the heartless wood and it's kind of, uh, it's a, a combination of gender bent beauty and the beast plus the little mermaid, um, plus tree sirens. And it is so, so good. Um, I've also been reading, um, this is old, but Madeline, Madeline Langle has some nonfiction, uh, sort of memoirish books called the Crosswicks journals. Um, and if you are a writing type of person, um, she's just wonderful. She has so many beautiful thoughts. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'd highly recommend those. Great. So are you working on a new novel now? Well, uh, I, I had a baby in March. Um, and so, uh, since there's a pandemic on, um, I'm, <laughs> I haven't actually had as much time to do anything as I had hoped that I might. Um, so, uh, I, I have some things kind of stewing and I've been, um, working on 
fleshing those out um, more mm-hmm. mentally than on the page. Um, but uh, I, I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping that as I get the hang of being a mom, uh, I'll also begin to find more time to do other things, uh, including drafting books. So not, not explicitly, but, uh, hopefully soon. Gotcha. So where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your novels? Yeah. Um, hannaseehoward.com is my website. Um, and I'm also on Instagram, uh, same, uh, handle Hannah Howard, um, on Facebook. If you put author at the end of that, Hannah C. Howard author, uh, that's where you'd find me there. Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Hannah Howard, author of the young adult fantasy novel, Ignite the Sun. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And Hannah, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you so much for having me. Ignite the Sun. Prologue. Yarrow, tell me about the sun. Eh? He looked up from his lap, the unwound strings of his fiddle sprawling like insect antennae into the air. What for? I want to hear about the way things used to be, I said, before the darkness. The old man returned to stringing the instrument, brows furrowed. I glanced across the small cabin, warm and smoke-scented from the fire in the hearth, to where Lyndon Hatch, Yarrow's grandson, and my best friend since I was six years old, sat mending socks. He waved me on with an enthusiastic nod. I stood up, forgetting the feathers I'd been sorting into piles for arrow fletching, causing them to flutter down around me in a whirling cloud. I laughed and spun away from them toward Yarrow. Once upon a time, there was something called the sun, I prompted, staggering to a halt in front of his rocking chair. Yarrow pressed his lips together, but his stone-colored eyes had gone warm and sparkling. He scratched his bald head and wrinkled his brow, making his bushy gray eyebrows look so much like caterpillars, I half expected them to crawl right off his face. You start at Gildenbrook next week, Syria. Don't you think you might do better to go home and get to bed? My shoulders sagged. Gildenbrook. Stiff lace gowns and tedious lessons for the next six years of my life. I wish I could learn to be a gardener instead, I said wistfully. You and Lyndon could teach me. Yarrow snorted. What would your mother and father do with a gardener for a daughter? They want you to become a proper young lady, not a hired hand. He didn't point out the obvious, that my tramping around the dark grounds of our manor with him and Lyndon every day practically made me a hired hand already. I looked around the old cabin, at the scrubbed wooden table, the mismatched curtains I had helped sew, the floor-to-ceiling piles of firewood beside the hearth, more home to me than Nightingale Manor had ever been, and wilted slightly. Yarrow was right. My parents didn't want a gardener for a daughter. But one more week couldn't hurt. I leaned forward and put my hands over the wiry strings of Yarrow's fiddle. Tell me about the way things used to be, I pleaded. Tell me about how the sun would light up the whole world, and about trees being green and leafy, and about grass and blue sky and sunlight and birds and magic. His laughter rolled out in an infectious rumble, making his rocking chair lurch backward and sending me toppling sideways. I think you know it all already, Weedy. Not the way you do. Lyndon had abandoned his darning and was now dragging a fat sack of grain across the floor to the woven rug in front of the rocking chair. We plopped back against it and gazed expectantly up at Yarrow, who sighed. 
Lyndon grinned at me, messy brown hair everywhere, the dimple winking in his right cheek. Setting aside his half-strung fiddle, Yarrow reached for his pipe and began packing it. I sniffed to catch the spicy, loamy scent, the smell of stories, and waited with my feet tapping while he went to light a taper in the fireplace and ignite the tobacco. Once upon a time, he said, turning back to us as the bowl glowed orange and a trickle of smoke crept out the corner of his mouth, there was something called the sun. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.